We're on the record. I'm Sheila Cast. Good morning. Cancers of the blood, like lymphoma, leukemia, and myeloma, make up about one-tenth of all cancers, more than 185,000 diagnosed in the U.S. each year. The prognosis for patients with blood cancers is being revolutionized by new treatments that harness a patient's own white blood cells and turn them into cancer zappers. It's called CAR T-cell therapy. The FDA approved it several years ago, and it's now more available to patients with aggressive lymphoma. For about half the patients who get it, this new immunotherapy is a cure. That's what it's been for Sonia Sue, who felt she was out of options after she relapsed twice. As someone who is only 24 years old and, you know, had grand dreams to study abroad, um, just have a career, really, um, it, it was very difficult. Sonia Sue was treated in 2019 at the University of Maryland Medical Center's Greenabaum Comprehensive Cancer Center, the first medical center in the Mid-Atlantic to be approved to offer CAR T-cell therapy. We'll meet Sue in a few minutes. Last June, I spoke with her doctor, Dr. Aaron Rappaport, professor of medical oncology at the University of Maryland School of Medicine and director of the Transplant and Cellular Therapy Program at the Greenabaum Center and Kathy Rule, a nurse who is senior coordinator and manager of the Transplant and Cellular Therapy Program. I asked Dr. Rappaport who's eligible for this treatment. Patients uh, who have uh, various blood cancers, including aggressive lymphoma, uh, leukemia, and myeloma, uh, which has stopped responding to standard therapies, uh, usually multiple standard, multiple lines of standard therapies, would be eligible for uh, this new CAR-T therapy. And, and I gather there are different versions of T-cell therapy for different cancers. This one is for large B-cell lymphoma. How, how common is that cancer? Well, it's relatively common, and it's getting more common. Um, there are, on the order of um, maybe... 70,000 new cases of lymphoma in the United States per year, and uh, a significant proportion of these are aggressive large B-cell lymphomas. And uh, thankfully, we have some very good uh, therapy for these patients using a combination of antibodies and chemotherapy that works uh, uh, oftentimes uh, uh, very well. But uh, some patients do not respond well to it, and some patients have uh, early relapses after this initial therapy. And these patients uh, uh, are often in a tough spot, and uh, CAR-T therapy has been a a major, major advance uh, for these patients. Uh, And I would also add that, again, CAR-T is also uh, effective for patients with uh, relapsed forms of acute uh, lymphoblastic leukemia, B-cell lymphoblastic leukemia, which uh, tends to occur in uh, children and young adults, and also for aggressive myeloma. Kathy, as the coordinator, what what do you do? Um, The responsibility of the coordinators in the program are to um, see the patients at the time of consult with the physician and do whatever it needs to be done to get that patient to CAR T-cell therapy. Um, There's a comprehensive approach in making sure that this therapy will be uh, as safe as possible for the patient. So patients 
undergo an entire physical workup where we evaluate their heart, their lungs, we do CAT scans, a variety of diagnostic tests, again, to ensure the patient's safety in, in having this uh, treatment. In addition, there's a large component of patient and caregiver education along the trajectory um, and being that uh, resource uh, for the patient during uh, this time um, of care. When they get to you, these patients already have been on a hard cancer journey. What, what is their mindset when you meet them? That's what always tugs at the heartstrings, if you will. Patients come to us, you know, as Dr. Rappaport has alluded to, these therapies, um, especially when they were first approved, were for patients with relapsed and refractory disease. And so oftentimes the options for the patients were hospice or CAR T-cell therapy. And so patients were coming to us with hope. Um, They were hoping desperately that they would be a candidate for CAR T therapy and having hope and carrying hope is important and coping with difficult information, in in my opinion. And it's our humbling responsibility to be able to provide information to patients, answer questions for them in a compassionate and a positive, honest and respectful manner. Um, patients are coming to us with more and more research being done on their part. And so, you know, it's our responsibility um, to provide them any additional information that we can to help them make this decision. Uh, We take it very seriously. Um, It's our honor. It's our privilege to be able to care for patients in in such a difficult time. I've been um, an oncology nurse for 36 years And I can honestly say that this has been since 2018 with the advent of these CAR T-cell therapies, this has been one of the most exciting times and one of the most hopeful times in care because of the opportunity that this therapy affords patients who may otherwise not have therapy to help them. So it's, it's been really something to be part of. This is On the Record on WYPR. I'm Sheila Cast, speaking with University of Maryland oncology professor Dr. Aaron Rappaport, who directs the transplant and cellular therapy program at the Greenbaum Comprehensive Cancer Center, and with Kathy Rule, manager of the program and nurse coordinator. Dr. Rappaport, what is the treatment? How does it work? Basically, what happens is we collect uh, patients' uh, own Uh, immune cells called T-cells from their blood using a technique called apheresis, a process that takes maybe uh, four to five hours. And and then these uh, cells uh, undergo uh, a gene modification, uh, interestingly, using a a virus that is related to HIV that is very efficient at uh, delivering uh, genes into the cell and um, a new gene that reprograms the cell to um, express on its surface a molecule called a CAR, which stands for a chimeric antigen receptor. And basically it is a a kind of a freak of nature, a product of synthetic biology, where on the outside is an antibody, is an antibody recognition domain, and on the inside are uh, molecular signaling sequences. And so basically, this, um, this molecule that's now on the surface of the patient's own T cells recognizes a marker uh, called CD19 on the surface 
of the aggressive lymphoma or leukemia. And through that engagement, it uh, sends a signal into the T cell, which causes it to ex proliferate, expand, and, um, and, and become activated. This is really a living drug, if you will. Uh, these cells, um, after they go back into the patient, after manufacturing, expand uh, thousands uh, of fold. And then they, um, they engage with, they recognize the aggressive cancer and they deliver killing molecules that kill the cancer cells, just as uh, T cells or immune cells are uh, apt to do. That's their job is to kill germ infected cells and cancer cells that uh, may develop in the body. They are a part of our immune uh, protection against infection and as well as cancer. Uh, and, and basically this uh, uh, process uh, reprograms and, and really arms the T cells uh, to recognize and attack the patient's own uh, blood cancer. You have treated about 300 patients with CAR T-cell therapy since you started in 2018. What, what are the results? Well, the results have been really remarkable. And as Kathy said, very, very uh, humbling and, and exciting. Um, you know, understand that these are patients who really have no other treatment options. They have gone through multiple uh, standard and approved options and their disease has has failed uh, to respond, but uh, around uh, 80% of patients have a, a response to this therapy, and the majority of those, on the order of about 50% overall, uh, achieve long-term durable responses. Uh, most of many of which are are likely cures, and you know compared to close to a zero percent. Uh, outcome for many of these patients, that is a remarkable advance. Uh, obviously, there's still more work to do, but uh, it's, it has been a, a, just a tremendous option and, and advance for, for so many patients. Kathy, how much does this therapy cost? I mean, does, does insurance cover it? The therapy, the, the drug itself is on the order of about uh, $400,000 to $500,000. Um, and wow. fortunately, um, the majority of insurers do cover this drug on behalf of the patient. Dr. Rappaport, I, I feel like the elephant in the room is the 50% of patients for whom CAR T-cell therapy is not a cure. What, what can you do to pre improve their outcomes? We are actively studying that. We have uh, learned to some extent why uh, CAR-T fails in some patients. Uh, in, in some cases, the cancer loses the, the marker that the CAR-T cell recognizes. In other cases, the uh, CAR-T cells may not be uh, uh, as uh, functional and as uh, proliferative as they need to be to clear out the cancer. So, um, one of the things that, that we are doing is actually looking at using CAR-T earlier in the stage of disease. So one of the major advances in recent months has been the FDA approval of CAR-T therapy for patients with aggressive lymphoma um, in second line rather than third line, so somewhat earlier. So patients only um, have to have a failure to respond to one line of therapy rather than two lines of therapy. And this may be helpful in that their lymphocytes, their immune cells may not be as damaged as uh, sort of 
beat up and tired as they might be after multiple lines of therapy. So using the CAR T somewhat earlier in the course of disease may may actually improve that likelihood of cure. Um, But uh, there's also a lot of research on developing new CARs that may be able to target multiple targets, not just one. So even if a cancer cell uh, figures out how to get, how to lose, escape from the CAR by losing that that marker that the CAR T cell recognizes, there'll be other markers that the CAR cells will be able to recognize and attack. Um, and, uh, and we're also looking at ways of enhancing uh, the, the T cell function and survival and persistence uh, so that they can accomplish the, uh, the goal of uh, eradicating the, uh, the blood cancer more effectively. Dr. Rappaport, we've been talking about T-cell therapy in blood cancers. Do you foresee this approach in other cancers? I do. And there's a lot of research on um, developing CAR T-cell therapies for other types of cancers, solid tumors like uh, skin cancers and lung cancer and and prostate cancer. Uh, One of the challenges, of course, is that, you know, we have to make sure that the CAR T-cell, you know, goes after the cancer and not after other normal cells and tissues that, that uh, could be deleterious for the patient. It's, it's, it's an area of, of a lot of great study and, uh, and, and great promise. It's really exciting. I, I'm grateful to you both for telling us about it. Thank you. So great to, to chat with you. Yes. Thank you, Sheila, for the platform to talk about CAR-T. University of Maryland oncology professor Dr. Aaron Rappaport directs the transplant and cellular therapy program at the Greenabom Comprehensive Cancer Center. Nurse Kathy Rule is senior coordinator and manager of the program. We spoke in June. Short break now on the record. Then we'll talk to a young woman who survived cancer and is paying back her good fortune. I'm Sheila Cass. Stay with us. I'm Katherine Collinson. And I'm Mihaela Vince. In upcoming episodes of Clear Path, Your Roadmap for Life, we'll discuss ways to catch up on retirement savings and the importance of self-care. Tune in to WYPR's website and mobile app, all major podcast platforms, and transamericainstitute.org. Welcome back to On the Record. I'm Sheila Cast. Sonia Su was a busy graduate student in Asian Studies at Georgetown University in late 2017. She didn't take much time to investigate the pain in her chest. When the semester was over, she went to urgent care, where they found a mass in her chest. She was diagnosed with lymphoma. Her parents live in Clarksville, so Johns Hopkins in Baltimore was a logical place to be treated. After six rounds of chemotherapy in the spring of 2018, her scans were clean, and she got the green light to go back to grad school. Last June, Sonia Sue joined me to pick up the story. Spoiler alert, she is cancer-free, 
and leading a nonprofit she started, Kits to Heart, to share with others some of the support that pulled her through her cancer journey. It was just a few months later, after your first chemotherapy, when you were on a fellowship in Taiwan, that you started having other symptoms. What what happened? Yes. Um, so after I received the green light to pursue this fellowship abroad, really just within a few days actually of landing in the new country, I developed a cough um, and I did end up getting it checked out. And, you know, because I had just received clear scans very recently and finished treatment, um, you know, I didn't think of it as much of a concern. And if, and if anything, I just chalked it up to a new environment, the pollution. Um, and so it really wasn't until the coughing not only continued, but I also started developing migraines that I knew that this was probably something more serious. And what ended up happening was that um, I experienced a relapse and had to go in for salvage chemotherapy. Salvage chemotherapy, that sounds pretty serious. This was to get your body ready for a bone marrow transplant, right? Yes. And that seemed to be working at first and then it wasn't. Yeah. So um, the idea is that the second line therapy of chemotherapy would prepare me for a stem cell or a bone marrow transplant. And in order to proceed with a transplant, the second line chemotherapy does have to put you in remission. And unfortunately, after a few rounds, um, it was no longer working. And so that's when I knew I had to seek um, other treatment options. At the point when you had relapsed now, a uh- a second time, where was your head? What were you thinking? I definitely felt devastated. Um, it's very difficult, especially as someone who is only 24 years old and, you know, had grand dreams to, um, you know, uh, kind of study abroad, um, just have a career, really start a career. Um, it, it was very difficult. And I think that if anything, I just knew that I had to stay resilient. I had to gather up that courage to really keep going. How did you get connected to CAR T-cell therapy? So my grandfather was diagnosed with lung cancer just a few years prior. And that was how we actually got connected to a private practice, Chinese-speaking oncologist. I am Chinese-American, and so my parents actually found some difficulty, especially in the beginning of understanding not only his diagnosis, but also mine. And um, so it was really through trying to figure this all out in their language that, you know, is most comfortable for them that we learned about CAR T cell therapy. Apparently that oncologist had known about it. And at that point, you know, it had already been approved for about a year. Um, So luckily, you know, we were uh, fortunate enough to initially learn about that. And so you ended up at the University of Maryland um, under Dr. Rappaport's care. What was the therapy? The therapy um, that I learned about was CAR T-cell, specifically Yescarta. I remember having received a pamphlet from actually that Chinese-speaking oncologist, but just assuming that I wouldn't need it because it truly sounded like kind of like a last-ditch effort. And, you know, in between the time of receiving CAR T and that second-line therapy, I did also seek opinions at um, the National Institutes of Health. And that's when they did tell me a little bit more about how, you know, if I ever did have to pursue CAR T cell, then I could receive treatment at the University of Maryland. How was 
T-cell therapy delivered? So CAR T-cell therapy um, does involve a hospital stay, but initially it really just is a transfusion of your own T-cells that have been, what I like to say, transformed into killer mutant T-cells. So it's a fairly, hopefully uneventful process in the beginning. So this was March 2019. How how soon after that transfusion did you feel it was working? About four or five days into it, I started um, developing a fever. um, And that's, you know, that that was the beginning of really what ended up being part of the neurological toxicities that you do, um, some patients do feel after receiving CAR T-cell. And, you know, one of the symptoms I had previously um, was a swollen face because the tumor was restricting the blood flow to my face. So that was actually another sign that I knew that it was working because my face didn't feel as swollen. Um, But otherwise, I just something inside me, I just felt like I knew it was working. Um, One of the other experiences during that hospital stay was that I ended up having to go to the ICU um, and exactly actually on my 26th birthday. So um, those two days in the ICU, I don't really remember much, but um, that was one of the things that I knew to expect actually. So just going in and um, with those expectations of potentially having to go to the ICU, if anything, just made the experience a little bit more manageable. That's Sonia Su, whose lymphoma disappeared after she was treated with CAR T-cell therapy at the University of Maryland Medical Center's Greenabom Comprehensive Cancer Center in early 2019. As you were admitted, starting to get ready for the T-cell therapy, you found a care package on your bed. Tell me about that. I was walking into my hospital room um, to be admitted for CAR T-cell. I saw a care package that was left in my bed. And I assumed it was just, you know, a welcome gift from the hospital, but it turns out it was prepared by a former patient who was treated in that very unit and was doing well again. And so just seeing that, especially at a time where I felt zero hope, zero energy, really helped to motivate me to keep going and inspired me to pay the kindness forward. Inspired you to pay the kindness forward. What what did it inspire you to do? I told myself upon receiving the gift that I would do the same once I got out of there. So um, shortly after um, being discharged and spending um, time to recover and then return to school, I um, founded the nonprofit Kids to Heart, which gives um, cancer care kits to patients and families across the country. How many care kits have you distributed? So since we started our efforts in the beginning of this pandemic in 2020, We've distributed over 3,500 cancer care kits. And what's in them? The items that are included in the kits are based off of what I personally felt was useful um, during my treatments, as well as speaking to other patients and social workers. Um, But I try to include, for example, a stainless steel water bottle to help stay hydrated. Um, Of course, you know, hand sanitizers, face masks, which everyone needs nowadays, but especially immunocompromised patients and some comfort items that, you know, a lot of our volunteers are very skilled in making, which include, you know, the blankets, heart pillows, even handwritten letters just to let them know that we're reading for them. You mentioned you were starting this as the pandemic was starting. How did you make that work? I think, if anything, the pandemic um, made our efforts even more 
critical and needed, um, especially given the visitor restrictions. I think that our care kits definitely help to brighten their days and just bring some light into uh, what can be a very difficult time. And what's next for you, Sonia? We actually just recently launched a uh, virtual art therapy program. Um, it's also based on my own experience of having re- uh, you know, received some art therapy and just felt like I needed to bring that to other patients. So, you know, we are actively working on, you know, our mission to bring smiles and solidarity to those affected by cancer. And hopefully we'll be able to not only, you know, bring more of these care kits to patients across the country, but um, also branch out and have um, more volunteers you know, stationed in various cities and, you know, bringing these efforts and hopefully inspiring other people through my story. Big plans. I wish you luck. Thank you so much. Sonia Sue is cancer-free after three bouts of lymphoma. She was treated four years ago at the Greenabaum Comprehensive Cancer Center with CAR T-cell therapy. We spoke last June. At the On the Record page at WIPR.org, we have a link to her nonprofit, Kits to Heart, and to the Greenabaum Comprehensive Cancer Center. Kits to Heart recently kicked off its spring cycle of virtual art therapy workshops. Participants can heal with art and connect with others who are also affected by cancer, no art experience required. I'm Sheila Cast. Glad you're with us on the record. Join us again tomorrow. Tomorrow.